so we're gonna. All right, what do I need to know in advance? Anything about? You don't need to know shit. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you wanted me to say talk in this direction. Or? No, no, you're sitting close enough, and uh, I mean, this is pretty much um, this is about as low budget as you can get, <laughs> as evidenced by the thing that I try to do for Patreon. I need to now realize that I can't do long ass Patreons unless uh, I cut them in half myself. Because I don't know how to edit. And people are just like, yeah, you just go to Audacity and then you could throw it in there and you could do this and that. I'm sure you can. I I cannot. <laughs> well, I mentioned to you, I said that one drop from the Keaton's Invention Show would be perfect. I thought there's got to be a way to capture that drop. But right. <laughs> I have no clue how to do it. It's, right. And that's, uh, it would be nice to have uh like a producer i guess you would call it or an editor or whatever but uh but then it just requires more hands involved and i just don't necessarily need to get more more involved you know what i'm saying yeah that's why i even saw the network i thought if we had to capture because it would just be at the start of the show right <laughs> you wouldn't have to figure out how to drop it during the show. sure yeah yeah, yeah 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 so if i if i can find it then maybe i can edit things down but don't count on it. <laughs> well, so, but anyway. You're probably about like myself. I learn for work whatever I have to learn, but not more than that. <laughs> it's not like it's not like I don't want to know the stuff. It's uh, well, I guess maybe I don't want to learn it. <laughs> I just don't have the drive or whatever. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like everything should be easy. I would think in this day and age, but then everything is just seems to turn into a process. And I just don't need any more processes. I just want I just want to do something and then be done with it. Yeah. Right? Should just, everything should just be kind of that simple. But it isn't. And I don't know how to make that better for myself. Biggest challenge we face with our IT guys whenever he does something. Right. On the computer. It, and it always changes something else. And he yeah. doesn't do something else. You're like, Wait, I could do this before. <laughs> I can't do it now. <laughs> right, right. It, yeah, it's uh, whenever there's an update on something, it's the like something something probably minuscule has changed, but it's enough to kind of fuck up everything. Yep. So let's get to it, Jason. All right, we got to do the song. Hey, everybody! <laughs> it's the Elemento motherfucking podcast. Woo woo woo! I like the fact that you do it. Jamie uh, Jamie refuses to do it. Uh, I mean, she will until like the motherfucking part. She she's got this weird thing about not wanting to swear. I've never quite understood that. Like why there is an aversion for people to not say whatever word. Particularly in light of, she doesn't object to you swearing. <laughs> yes, no. I, I guess she, people that are like, never swear, don't swear around me, don't. If, if she did, then we wouldn't, we would have lasted about a week. Not not even, about a day. And that and that would be it. So it's just, it's part of my charm, Jason. It's part of my charm. So, uh, before I forget, i got to introduce Stu McAllister, your host, a failed comedian, and with me for the first time, Jason. That's right. Do we Sitting just, in. Do we just want to call you Jason, or what do we want to call you? Yeah, Jason works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made a you made a comment mentioning I was going to be on the air that I didn't like. That I, 
proposed not mixing church and state. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's a, so that's why I don't want I don't want to cross any lines. I want to make sure that we're all uh, kosher. Yeah, that's a great description because it's not. Uh, I'm not worried about people knowing who I am and what I do, but. Um, People that interact with me in business probably have a certain expectation. Sure, right. And oftentimes it's they transpose their views on me, and because I don't say anything in disagreement, yes. they yes. probably have a. They probably think one thing of me. Uh, and so, if any of them happen to listen or any prospective clients and say, "Wow, that guy is liberal, foul mouth, and <laughs> not religious." He's not what I thought it would be. Totally offends me. I will say right now in advance. I hear you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I uh, great. That's good, man. That's good. I, I 100% get it. I you are who you are, and uh, you need to be comfortable with who you are. And uh, it's and if someone's not comfortable with me being me, then then we shall not mingle or whatever right and and i'm okay with that and the older i've gotten the more i'm like i don't give a fuck all right you don't you don't like what i say or do or whatever then then get the hell out of here and we're okay right I, you won't miss me and i probably won't miss you right exactly this is very good very good so i gotta uh, i almost feel like i need to interview you well we gotta go for back first because we gotta do what we gotta go to you first you oh we're going to me yeah. you're interviewing me <laughs> well, this is me. not why i allowed you to jump on board jason let it let it be known you put some pictures on facebook but now the audience will be dying to hear oh. about your comedy show last night because i saw oh sure a hand puppet i saw a powdered <laughs> nose yes i saw juggling yes <laughs> And I heard about ranch dressing in the hair, so you right. have to tell us. About right. This. Well, I was I was gonna get to it, but all right, we'll jump we'll jump right into it. So yeah, last night uh, I did an, another show. I was over at the Sunday Night Funnies here in uh, West Michigan. Spe it's Woody's Press Box in Spectrum Lanes. So it's a bar in a bowling alley, and they do comedy every Sunday in the summer. They do a contest, and uh, it's long as fuck. And it's all um, audience vote. Like the first hundred people get a ballot, and then they vote for their top three. And then uh, last night, four out of I think there were nine of us moved on. So the odds were pretty much in my favor. I mean, it wasn't fifty-fifty, but it was you know it was pretty close, four out of nine. And um, but you had promised something different this time. Well, yes, and it, <laughs> and it was different. It was it was super duper different. It was uh, nothing I had ever done before. Uh, and probably will never happen again. But I, um, uh, for those who are new to the podcast, I highly doubt that. I think I have a uh, set group of listeners. It's not growing and it's not necessarily declining, but I'm all right with it. I'm all right with the six-member mafia. But uh, my uh, comedy career is coming to an end, and so I want to go out on my own terms and do things my own way. So last night, it was pretty much me... Uh, acting the fool, as the kids say. And um, I didn't really tell jokes. I was just pretty high energy. And uh, I talked about quitting comedy. But then I said before I quit comedy, it's all about a gimmick. And so that's where, like, uh, I, was, I, snorted, I snorted cocaine. You can't see me do the air quotes, everybody, but I snorted cocaine. And then I tried to shotgun a monster uh, energy drink, 
but the girl who I gave the knife to to punch the hole in the can had no idea what shotgunning meant. And so she had no idea what wanted her to do. And so she was all like frantic. And then I'm like, you gotta stab the can. And she stabbed the can in like the middle. And so everything was just squirting all over. And I mean, it, it, it very much added to the show for the minute. But it was funny, and then I uh, I juggled and uh, I uh, I chugged ranch dressing and put some in my hair, and uh, I ended up with a ventriloquist bit. So it was a uh, it was very ludicrous, and uh, someone actually called me a maniac uh, on the way out the door, and uh, but it was successful. It was successful in what I I wanted to do, in that uh, it was funny enough for people to vote me on. Like I didn't. There were maybe six people I know that were there to see me specifically but uh you know six out of like a hundred or whatever it was is not going to get you victory but uh so I was able to convince enough other people to be like this guy was the best four out of the nine oh, <laughs> is ventriloquism an uh, unknown skill of yours uh it's still an unknown skill <laughs> it's still not good uh and that wasn't necessarily the point of me doing it I did uh, a long time ago. I had a bit where I took uh, two googly eyes, and then you know it's got the adhesive background, and I just kind of uh, took took the sticker part off, and I put it on my hand, and I just did like a, a ventriloquist bit with the googly eyes on my hand, and that was pretty funny because I did some weird offensive things with that. Uh, but that's kind of the shtick where. You can't go super far with it. Like, it kind of, like, just needs to be your closer. Like, you, you do three to four minutes with it, and then it's kind of run its course, unless you really invest time into it, and I don't want to invest time into it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my wife and I's favorites. I don't know if you've ever... Have you ever heard of Nina Conti? Uh-uh. Oh, you have to search out Nina Conti, because she does ventriloquism. I'm not normally big on ventriloquism. Sure. Like... I think everybody loves is it Jeff Dunham. Yes, Jeff Dunham is the one. I've yep. never really seen him and don't really care to, but Nina Conti was on, she was on a show on HBO or Showtime called Family Tree and it starred Crystal Dowd. Uh-huh. And she does a ventriloquist act where she has this little monkey and the monkey is says the most foul, objectionable things imaginable. Nice. And it's, it's utterly hilarious. So you have to look up. Nina Conti. How do you spell the last name? C-O-N-T-I. All right, I'll have to check it out. Ventriloquism is, it's a weird thing to me because uh, clearly it's the puppet that's going to get away with saying like, like you said, the, the weird, raunchy, gross, whatever kind of things. And then the human is like the straight man, I guess. So right. it's a... Uh, I think it works equally well, especially well for Nina because... She's a woman. Right. <laughs> and uh, something she's got this monkey saying the most foul things imaginable. Right. That's, that's the best to me. I just love that. I For whatever reason, well, I know for whatever reason. I'm not a huge fan of Dunham. I don't care for him at all. I did go see him many, many years ago, and I left. Like, he was one of the few comedy shows that I left in the middle of because I'm like, this is just not good. Like, to me, it's, it's very simple, and I found it just two based off stereotypes and it's yeah, like I whatever my, i think my general perception or bias going into any um ventriloquist act is they tend to do 
jokes that wouldn't work otherwise. Probably Meaning if not. If they were just standing there telling these jokes, you think this is ridiculous. Right. So the whole comedic premise relies on this interaction, and if the joke's not funny, I. I'm reluctant to endorse it. Something I would right. go, oh yeah, that's great. Right, 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 right. right. It, it, as opposed to the gimmick of here's a, a Muppet or whatever. So, the the only ventriloquist that I really do enjoy is uh, Otto and George, and I, I've talked about Otto and George yeah, before I on the podcast. Him, but I, I don't know. And he so. is uh, he's dead. Uh, Otto is the human, and he he's dead. George is the puppet, and he died from a heroin overdose years ago. Because he just always struggled with addiction, and uh, the puppet itself was very uh, rudimentary. I mean, it was essentially uh, it was just a block of wood, more or less. And uh, Otto's uh, ventriloquism was poor at best. So the act didn't revolve around the magic of he's not moving his lips. It revolved around the insanity of what he was saying. And it was almost like a uh, a Don Rickles kind of act because it was very kind of crowd work oriented and uh, it's very super dirty, very very dirty. If anyone has uh, problems with language, do not search it out. But uh, I'm sure if you YouTube Otto and George, he has a CD. It's always funny to me when ventriloquists have CDs, uh, but I I have it somewhere in my collection, and I also have another one of it, like an Australian. Uh, ventriloquist I can't even remember his name and it's it's just after I bought it I'm like why the fuck did I buy a CD of a ventriloquist it's just one of, it's an act it would be like buying a CD of Carrot Top like you have to see all of the fucking crazy things that he comes up with right yeah similarly I would say I don't need a Conte for any of the listeners who don't like something offensive. You wouldn't want to see Family Tree. Because oh, she's she pretty dirty too, huh? Yeah, she's pretty dirty. And one nice. of the, the funny premise in that show, it's one of those Christopher Guest shows. Oh, sure. Christopher Guest is great. And uh, throughout, she, her character always is always doing the ventriloquism. And she just basically relies on it. The premises she relies on as her social device to even to interact with people. So throughout the series, you're constantly seeing all the other characters have to react in a non you know, not watching a comedy show, right? To her always being there and the monkey always talking, right. which is funny to me. It just struck me. As so everybody's like the straight man, then, huh? Yeah, everybody. Like, <laughs> at one point, she's visiting with her family, and somebody gets out an old glove, and the monkey begins humping the glove, and you see her dad and her brother just sitting there going, "Oh, oh boy, here we go again." <laughs> right, all right, just kind of tolerating. Yeah, and I imagine that's um. I, I again, I've never met Jeff Dunham, but I've heard that he is um, a very odd individual to be around because he tr- he treats his puppets like they're real human beings, and I think I was told that uh, the majority of his childhood was just kind of like you spent alone fucking playing with puppets, and that's why he's so good with it. But when your puppets are your uh, support system. Or uh, the things that you talk to, I can only imagine that it leads to a certain level of insanity. There is a documentary on Nina Conti out. <laughs> That's like I think it's called her master's voice or something. Like sure. That. And it was very odd watching it because there's comedic moments throughout, but 
very similar to what you're describing. She kind of comes from this group that learned ventriloquism and they're so serious about it and they're right. so attached to their puppets and they, you know, throughout at times when it's not comedy, it's hard to watch just because it's not funny. <laughs> but you know, right, right. Oh, oops. Good thing it was just warm. <laughs> was it was it closed or did it spill? It was closed. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, I my, my cat really seems to enjoy you a whole lot. So that, that's my uh, honks knocked over his uh, water bottle. So I uh, years ago I got to I drove to uh, Minnesota to do a one night gig with this guy, and um, he uh, he was closing the show. I was the feature act, and it was just supposed to be a two man show, but he showed up with his girlfriend and uh, he asked if his girlfriend could MC the show and when it's a two man show and you're the feature act you're always like fuck yeah let let someone else get on stage and you know jump on the hand grenade or whatever right like you're the one who's got to deal with the cold crowd and you you're the one who's got to get them all warmed up so like fuck yes please please uh un- unbeknownst to me she was a ventriloquist. And um, before the show started, she kind of walked around the room with the puppet. And she was like introducing herself and the puppet to people. And it was just super fucking awkward. It was. <laughs> How did the people react? People were like, who is this lunatic and, and what is she doing? Because uh, it, it was just very strange. You know, and it was like a. Like a, it was like a Muppet kind of thing. It was like a foam thing and not m- more kind of like a howdy duty. Like to me, like a real ventriloquist thing looks wooden. It's a wooden thing, but I know it's, it's all going away. It's all becoming foam and whatever. But she's walking around. And then when the show finally started, she was just awful because she was an okay ventriloquist, but there was no comedy to it. So it was weird when you were talking about how these people are all serious with their dummies with the puppets but yet there was no humor to it like i don't get the point of the dummy unless it is humor right so how do you follow that <laughs> well i i just told jokes and i think people were ready for some humor that like that she just ate it so much that they were ready for anything so if the, and even beyond that one that one instance if the person mc or Whoever's preceding you bombs. Do you reference it or do you? Um, if it's really insane, like if they bomb because they did something really crazy and there was just something very unusual happening, then it's almost like you have to address it. But if it's like they're just up there trying to tell their jokes and the crowd's just not buying it, I don't. I don't really address it because um, I think it, it doesn't do any good. I think to address it in that situation, and I think it makes that the host of the MC feel like shit. Like they know they ate it, and I don't necessarily need to address it myself. That's just how I think. I know a lot of guys will go at it because they don't give a fuck about who whoever was in front of them. But me having been a host for way, way, way too long, uh, I wouldn't want to do anything to anybody else. So. Which is interesting. Going back a couple of podcasts, you recommended Dwight York's book, which I read. Yes. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. That's and, uh, right. You said you didn't. One buy of the it. things yeah. he uh, mentioned in there, or the, in the, the character book? in the uh-huh. story, yeah, it's, uh, has a bad set. Right. And the next comedian plays off of that to his own advantage, right. basically sinking him. And I, um, I, I, 
haven't done shows for as long as I have. I always hated when someone played off something that I did to kind essentially make fun of me right. or to make fun of the joke. Now, I'm cool with someone like calling back to a joke of mine to like enhance their joke. I get that, or if they're just playing with me or whatever, I get that. But a good portion of the time, some comics are just kind of dicks, and uh, I'm going to say something because I can get away with it. And I always hated that because there's no, I don't have my opportunity to retort. There's no, there's no, it's a one way conversation of, well, I'm not, I'm going to shit on you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm like, yeah, it should never be like that. <laughs> so it was recognizable to you in the book. Yes. Oh fuck, the, Dwight's book. Uh, incredibly relatable to me as a comic of like so much of the stuff that happened and I'm like oh yeah I can see that and um, so I, I enjoyed it from that perspective for sure as a comic I did so I would encourage everybody uh, to go get Dwight York's book I'm blanking on it right now what the title of it is but uh, if you search out Dwight York what luck? what's that? Yeah, what luck? Something like something, something like luck, that. bad luck, I no bought luck. It, I bought it on my e-reader. I'm always bad at remembering. True luck because they don't see the book. Yes, just reading it on your. But if you if you go to Amazon, Dwight York and Amazon, he actually said he got it published through Amazon, so it is a self-published book. I don't know how many if people listen to my recommendation or not and bought it, because I know he did. I don't know if he was joking or not, but he said he sold ten, and so he was very disheartened by it that he only sold 10 and uh, a lot of it though uh, Jason I, I mean I'll just say that like you, you you can't go in expecting to I'm gonna sell a thousand books like this is gonna happen well huh, something like that you would have to you would have to be out on the road to sell it I right think. right because nobody's gonna just to, on their own to, go to Amazon and go what's a funny book and right buy. it and has it, to be that Spontaneous thing where they're like, "Oh, he was pretty funny." Let me sure. Book. And, and, and even if you were to go to Amazon and go, "What's a funny book?" That book would probably be like the thousandth one to like pop up, right? Right. right? I mean, you got all those fucking Jim Gaffigan books and everything else. That by the time you finally got to Dwight York, uh, you probably wouldn't be in the mood to purchase anything. So <laughs> or broke. <laughs> yes, yes. He just bought eight hundred books. <laughs> So, uh, but again, yeah, I'll encourage uh, people to do it. It was like six ninety nine, super cheap. Or you said you got it on the Kindle, yeah, so it was like three bucks or something. Or something. Yeah. So if uh, you, if you feel like helping out a, a starving artist, it definitely gives you a uh, behind the scenes perspective that is recognizable. It was very real. It was yeah, very real. If you, yeah, uh, of it, I always enjoy the story of the comic who was like, "This is shit." Because that's the reality of comedy. I think that's the reality of almost any kind of art form. Of we're not the one percent of the people who made it. We're we're the working stiff of the comedy world. So I, that's much more relatable to me than reading a book from Jim Gaffigan or whatever. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, getting back to the comedy stuff too. Since I moved on, uh, I'll be in the semifinals because this is a contest that never dies. Uh, so it'll, I'll either be on September 8th or 15th. Uh, I don't know which date he'll give me, but I'm going to be doing some other weird things. So if you think you've ever seen Stu McAllister do comedy and you've heard him tell all his jokes, you are incorrect because uh, I, I have some things on the back burner that are going to come to fruition. So uh, it should be a good time. I don't know if I'll move on or not, but I don't really give a shit. Check it out. People. Well, and that was a th- <laughs> that was the thing last night. 
there was a comic on, uh, his name is Bill Morrison. And uh, I like Bill a whole lot. Bill's, uh, I can relate to Bill because he's a middle-aged man as well. And um, he just stepped into comedy, though, like two years ago. So he's still really new. I mean, he's he's got life experience behind him. He does not have comedy experience behind him. So you know, he's been doing it like a year and a half, two years, whatever. And uh, so he was on the show, and uh, he went on stage, and uh, he he did okay, I guess. I mean, the crowd kind of liked him, and he's he's from the Detroit area, so no no one was in the crowd to see him specifically. So that can always hurt. Uh, so he he's on stage, he's doing a shtick, and uh, he didn't move on. He was not one of the top four, so there you go, whatever. But then this morning when I woke up, I saw that. Um, he, he had a post up that he was like uh, driving five hours to a comedy contest, uh, not moving on, being told you suck. Comedy is priceless or something. You know, that whole Visa commercial kind <laughs> of was, thing. He was down in the dumpster. Yes. Well, uh. I think so. I think it just kind of hurt that uh, apparently someone told him that he sucked. And I just don't get... You mean someone actually went up to him and said... That's apparently. Apparently someone went up to him and said, You suck. And uh, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I'm not saying that that couldn't happen. I am saying that that shouldn't have fucking happened. And I wish I had known that had happened uh, because I would have told that person to fuck off. Because I just don't get... If, uh, if you don't like someone, you don't need to say shit to them. You just, hey, and then you just move the fuck on. You don't even need to say, hey, you don't have to look at me. You don't have to do a damn thing. Yeah, my natural reaction, if I don't like, if I'm at a comedy show, and I, which <laughs> happens. I've been at Dr. Grin's sometimes where I've seen the, particularly if there's a, some opener you don't know and you think. Sure. The one thing I don't do is I don't give gratuitous applause. Or sure. I don't just go, hey, right. it. But I'm not, if I think they stink, yeah, I'm not going to go up there afterwards. I can't imagine what type of animal goes up afterwards and goes, you suck. <laughs> it, it's it's very strange to me in that, um, again, this it's not an open mic per se, but most of the people in this contest are probably somewhere between a couple months to five years of experience. Uh, so they're newer. It's newer people. Because there's really, there's no reason for anyone to really get into it. Like when you win... You win a bowling pin, you get a bowling shirt. I think the mayor of Wyoming designates you the comedian of the year in Wyoming or whatever. You're the official comedian of Wyoming, Michigan. And then I think you get maybe like $500 in gift certificates to something. So it's not even like huge cash prizes. or There's nothing to be done from it. And it's it's audience votes, so people are voting on ballots. So again, like... the. Nothing to get one guy who moved on last night. He had a shit ton of people. So I knew he could have got on stage and said, you're all a bunch of fucking cocksuckers. Thank you and good night. And I, I knew he would have moved on. Right. And because he just, I don't want to say he brought the crowd, but he brought enough people that I knew he was going to move on. So, you know, that's just how it is. And so I, I tried to, uh, I tell people uh, that you look at contests as just an opportunity to do time. If you look at it as anything beyond that, like if you think it's going to be fair and the funniest person's going to win, you're fucked. You're wrong. <laughs> and if you think it's going to be you, you're you're wrong. 
Because it isn't going to be you. Yeah, that would be uh, a logical outcome, too, just because people at the start of their career can get bodies out. Yes. (laughs) People further along probably have developed their skill more. Everybody they know has already seen them, so the ability to get them back out is diminishes. 100% correct. I, I, I tell people, if you've been doing comedy longer than a year, you can't bring people out. Everybody's like... Man, I've seen you. I got to work in the morning. Uh, you know, I can't afford a babysitter or you know, whatever. And I'm like, I, you know, the show is happening on a Tuesday night or whatever. I 100% get it. I do not expect anybody to fucking come out. So it is a thing that newer people are going to move on probably farther than they should just because they're able to put butts in the seats. And a lot of guys complain about that, but that's that's the business part of comedy. You know, it doesn't matter who's on stage if there's no one there to see them. So you you want good people, but then you want people who are going to put fannies in the seats. So, which Dwight goes into in the story, yeah, a little more. He talks yeah. about his show turns into a bringer show, kind of. Yeah. Management's and, using it as an opportunity to get bodies in there that'll consume alcohol. And so. I, I and I hate. I would never willingly participate in a bringer show. There was only one time that I did and I got tricked into it because it was a there was a there is a club in Indianapolis called Crackers which that tells you a lot right there everybody <laughs> Crackers and uh, they did an open mic on like Tuesday or something like a strange day of the week and uh, I was like all right I'll I'll drive down there because for me at the time it was about like I want to work the room it's not about me getting time at your open mic but it's sure. me Doing enough time, showing face, talking to the right person probably, and going, hey, I would like to come and and work in your room and get paid. So I drove the five hours down to Indianapolis to do the showcase. And um, on on their website, they're like, well, everybody needs to bring five people. And so I emailed them about it. And I said, hey, you know, I'd like to get on your open mic, but I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And if you're expecting me to bring five people... There's no fucking way I can do that, and uh, it, it would be wasting everyone's time if you expect me to do that. So just let me know. And they're like, "Oh no, man, don't worry about it. You can come on down, and uh, we'll get you time. And then things the will be good." They're like, "Where's your five people?" Yes, <laughs> yes. They do. They do this pre-show uh, meeting, and it, it was super weird. I never been to an open mic before at a comedy club where they're like they have a pre-show meet. It was almost like a fucking prayer circle or some shit. But they talk about like the rules, and one of the rules they had was that you couldn't say the f word, you couldn't say fuck, and uh, I'm like, okay. So in my brain, that means like they want a cleaner show, or whatever. like if you use, they want you to say fuck. They just want you to be keep it clean, everybody, keep this shit clean for the crowd. I'm like, all right. And then during during it, someone raised their hand and they're like, yeah, we have. I haven't been here in a while. Uh, I just want to confirm this, see if I remember correctly. Uh, if I remember right, if we do your open mic here, you don't really want us to do uh, open mic anywhere else. And the guy was kind of like, yeah, that's that's pretty much right. And I was like, what the fuck are you right. talking about? I was going to say, what's the geographic limitation? Here? Well, and, and I also am like, you're dealing with people who are new and you're going to prevent them from getting stage time? Because I was, open mic is practice. I, I don't care who you are. Open mic is practice, and you're going to prevent someone from getting practice? That's how they fucking get better. Like, it was just weird to me that uh, this person at a comedy club 
is saying that they couldn't go and perform at a bar like 20 minutes away on a Wednesday. And it, you, there's... Wait, so are they saying you're on their open mic? If you're on their open mic, you're on like a rotational basis? So. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You don't get paid to do open mics. Right. So like, so you, don't like fuck, a, you don't fucking own me or anything. So yeah, they're trying to make you an exclusive. Right. It, it just, it blew my mind away because I'm like, and uh, uh, people, people who run or think they run comedy, like either bookers or club owners or anything of that nature, they are super territorial. They're like, if you do my room, you ain't doing shit. And some pla- some places like within a hundred miles, and that's insane. Because uh, let's say Doctor Grins, I would immediately think, do they check? How would well, they check? <laughs> there, well, there is there is a lot of uh, I, I think too many clubs and bookers are on the internet looking at other uh, comics roster or uh, schedules and other clubs rosters. And you're like, fuck, pay attention to your own shit. Because a hundred miles, we're within a hundred miles of Lansing. Yeah. And Lansing had a comedy club, so they're saying like if I do the comedy club in Grand Rapids, I couldn't do the comedy club in Lansing, and that's insane to me, because no one from Lansing is coming to, to Grand Rapids to see a show or vice versa, unless it's a very specific comic they that they want to see, right? Exactly. And even um when I did that show in uh where the fuck Caledonia or wherever the hell I was a couple weeks ago, that's like twenty minutes from my house. No one in that fucking podunk town is driving to downtown Grand Rapids to watch a show. It just is not fucking happening. Well, that from the audience perspective, too, if I'm going to an open mic show, I'm probably going on one, either maybe you know somebody, or two, it's a, usually a cheap night to get into right, a comedy right, right. place. So, right, 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 right. So, yeah, you're not, you're not going necessarily because Tom Smith is going to yep. be on the open mic. Right. And so if Tom Smith was in Lansing... A day later, it's you're not going to that club then, and not the other one. Right. An audience right. member would never be affected by that. I don't think. I'm I'm always amazed at this weird territorial perspective. Like, if there were two clubs in town, you'd be like, yeah, you either work our club or you work their club. You're not working both clubs, right? Like, and it's even like a headliner perspective because you're probably a big enough town that you got a lot of comics if you have two comedy clubs in it, right? So, to me, it's just weird when people get super territorial. But getting back to that night, you know, I talked to the guy in the pre-show meeting. I'm like, hey, I just want to remind you I'm the guy from Michigan. Uh, You know, I don't have any people. Uh, I'm still going to get time. And he's like, yep. And then legitimately, as the show is starting, the guy who MCs the show comes up to me. And he's like, yeah, we can't let you get on stage because you didn't bring five people. And I fuck my brain just fucking melted. I, I like had already planned on killing this guy and where I was going to bury the body. Because I'm like, are you then fucking you can really high? relate to the character in Dwight's y- Yes. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. And here's the weird thing too. I actually there were two people in the crowd who came to see me. Somehow I knew two people in Indianapolis who came out. And then um, I did bring a buddy of mine with me, so he technically would have been three. So. Uh, I, I was so I said to him, "Can I just buy two tickets? Like I'll it was like five bucks a ticket or whatever. I'll, I'll just give you ten bucks." And they were like, "No, we we need to actually have real people in the seats." I was like, "Are you? What am I gonna do?" So you did, did you get to do the time or not? Well, <laughs> what they did this this is how dumb they fucking are because they were like, um, "Well, you can go down on the street and like bark, 
to like get wow. people to come in. I'm like, and this is Indianapolis though. It was kind of like a suburb of Indianapolis. No one's fucking walking around. They'd be like in Kentwood or something. Like me out trying to bark in Kentwood, Michigan. No one's fucking walking around. You would have to pay their fare and yeah. give them 15 bucks or something. Just, it was there. insane. So there was a guy sitting next to me who's overhearing everything who was a local guy. And he's like, hey, I brought like 20 people. Um, He can have two of mine. And they were like, okay. So they let that happen. But that tells me how stupid they are because I was going to give them 10 bucks for yeah, the two yeah, seats. And so they missed the 10 bucks because like, they're not, they didn't make anything extra from that guy giving me two of his people because they were already fucking there. They already paid. Did you get the sense that they were aware of that or that they were just like, oh, let's get this over with? <laughs> I, I have no idea. But they were, they were finally cool with it, right? So uh, the show's starting, you know, it's like, I don't know, 20 fucking people. It's a long-ass open mic. Everybody gets like five. And uh, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it. And again, I told you they didn't want us to say the F word. So I'm thinking clean show, right? So in my brain, I'm kind of editing bits and changing words and whatever to make shit better. And uh, I'm watching it, and there was a guy who, um, who talked about getting anally raped on an altar by a priest... So that was cool. They didn't have a problem with that. As long as he didn't say the priest fucked me. Right, right. And then uh, another guy was talking about eating out a 12-year-old girl. And that was okay, too. So I'm like, I don't, I'm like, my my brain again is melting because I don't understand. Both of those things are more offensive to me than the F word. Because the guy in front of me who who went on right ahead of me, he was kind of like the stoner dude. And he's not doing very well. He's just... Talking, telling stories. There's no real jokes, but he says something like, "I was walking to the fucking store," and then he continued to talk for like about five seconds, and then he realized he said the f word, and then he was like, "Well, see you ninety days," because he got a ninety day ban if he said fuck on stage, and that got the biggest laugh from the crowd. (laughs) That he was like, "See you ninety days," and uh, but to me that was just so weird of like. He just said he was walking to the fucking store. It was just like an adjective. And these other guys are talking about eating out a 12-year-old girl or getting anally raped on the altar. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's weird to me people's sensibilities, where they lie, particularly at that club. Crackers. Get, get your shit together, crackers. So, And uh, I've never, never worked the club. <laughs> never never worked the club. Never, uh, never went back. Tried to get in with them. The lady's name is a uh, Ruth Ann. Is the club it's, owner? It's still there, isn't it? And it's Crackers is still there. Crackers. Uh, it used to have two uh, rooms in Indianapolis downtown and Broad Ripple, and uh, I think the Broad Ripple room. That's the one where I went to do the open. Like I think that one's gone. So they just have the downtown room. And uh, there was another club. There was another club, Morty's, which Morty's was the club that I worked in Indy. But Morty's closed now. And now they have a helium, and helium is like that's the new big chain of clubs that you don't want to fuck with. So, yeah, yeah, very good. It's a very good club. <laughs> very good club. Ruth Ann had a whole bunch of problems. There was like a weird territorial thing, like a year or so ago, and I, I hate all this bullshit and comedy. But again, it was territorial, where people were like, because again, I think there was a lot of the whole like you can't tell me where to go do open mic. And they didn't like, there's a lot of kind of like independently run shows down in Indy. Like there's a Sunday night show 
and uh, some other guys do these things called Let's Comedy is kind of a name brand where they'll bring in like a bigger name. They'll bring in like Todd Barry or something to do one night. And so the people at uh, Crackers didn't like it. And so there was this whole to do all this dumb infighting that like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to get paid. Can I get on your stage and tell jokes and get paid? I don't give a shit about it. I don't live in Indy. I don't give a shit. Don't make me choose sides because it's stupid. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> so, uh, comedy's stupid. <laughs> comedy's dumb. Let's get to some questions, Jason. Hit me. The, the people need to uh, people need to know who you are, why you're on this podcast. Right? They need to know. All right. Why is this guy here? <laughs> so first of all, right off the bat, the most important question, what's your favorite swear word? Oh, fuck. Some variation <laughs> of fuck. <laughs> That's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> In fact, on that earlier comment of what uh, how people perceive you and relate, one of the funniest stories to me was when I started working at my, where I currently work. Yeah. It was a business founded by my uncle. Yeah. And he still was there at the time. And uh, it amused me to no end at one point when one of the co-workers reported back to me and he was dating my um, uncle's granddaughter. What? <laughs> what? However, however the story got back, they said, your uncle was at this dinner and he said, I never heard anyone who swears so much as Jason. Yeah! <laughs> Which amused me greatly. But I thought we were in the safe confines of the office. There were no customers around, so I just talked right. like I normally did. And right, right. Unbeknownst to me, people were taking heavy offense. <laughs> I, uh, one of my jobs, uh, when I met with my supervisor for like my six-month review or whatever, he, he revealed to me that I had several co-workers complain about my language which I thought was weird because nobody everybody kind of chimed in and had very similar kind of uh, talking styles you know they'd make dark jokes and say bad languages you know bad language and bad words and whatever and so when he said it it made me immediately think that he was lying because nobody ever came up to me and said hey man you're swearing too much or this or that or whatever which is unfortunate I mean so if it was true it's unfortunate that no one felt comfortable in telling me that but the reason why I think he was, he said what he said is because he was the one that didn't like the language. He was the one who didn't like making dark jokes. He was the one that was a little too serious. And uh, I've always found that um, this was, it was a social work job. I've always found that if you don't have a little bit of the gallows humor about yourself, you're the one who's going to go a little crazy. That's understandable. So, <laughs> but yeah, I would say fuck is. Uh... One of those words I remember reading once that Russians like to use the word comrade because you can use it in all kinds of different settings. I mean, you can use an expression of friendliness. You can use an expression of endearment. You can also use an expression um, in a negative context. I think fuck is like that. You can say it happy, mad. Yeah. <laughs> Any version in between. <laughs> you can adjust it to the to the moment. <laughs> I love, and you can, I mean, you can add words to it too, like... Uh, fuck stick or fuck tart or fucking idiot or whatever i love all that shit yeah, i was it. ranting on the, i was ranting on the phone the other day and said fuck tart for some reason <laughs> and my wife was on and she i hear her just cracking up in the other room and she was laughing at my use of the word fuck tart uh, whatever i was saying it's the best it's the best i fucking love it i love it 
what would you say has been your best life experience? Best life experience? Holy moly. I know I'm hitting you with the strange, uh, <laughs> strange, heavy-hitting kind of questions here. I don't know if I could think of a best life experience. I could probably think of funny life experience. Sure. But, um... Best life experience. Uh, I like jumped on an airplane once. That was probably oh, so you went skydiving. Realization of a goal. Nice. That I'd long wanted to do. So maybe right. that was best life experience. <laughs> How long ago did you do that? Six years, maybe five, six years. Have you only done it the one time? I only did it the one time. Would you do it again? Oh, I'd love to do it again. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I did it, and I'm like, ah, I never need to do this again. <laughs> did you do it solo or strapped to someone? Someone was on my back, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. did it strapped to someone, and yeah, I loved it. Fact, did he really? My wife and I did it. Uh-huh. I went somewhere up in northern Michigan, and uh, yeah, when as soon as I jumped out of the plane, my whole thing was like, in my mind, I was like, counting down, I was like, oh no, don't let this end, don't let this end. <laughs> This can't be the way I go out. Uh, no, I didn't mean like my own end. I was just like, I wish oh, this went on forever. The experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So are you a bit of a like a, a adrenaline junkie then? I don't know if I'm an adrenaline junkie, but I do like the sensation you get from heights. Like I remember what? we were in Germany and they we went with some friends to, they had the, in Munich, the Olympic Village that was set up from whenever the Olympics were there. Right. And they had this really high tower. When you're up in the tower, you can lean out over the edge mm. you're not in any danger of falling sure. but just that you kind of get a sense of vertigo or yeah. something about it I love that feeling oh you are you're a fucking <laughs> lunatic you sir are a fucktard <laughs> I couldn't no that's not for me I, I'll never do it again I did it because um, Jamie wanted to do it and then Jamie didn't fucking do it wait was so. she up at the plane and bailed or? nope nope there was nothing like that she was like yeah I want to do this and I'm like alright let's get Let's buy it and let's do it. And then so I bought mine and then she never did. And so it was just one of these things of like, you paid your money. Like, I, I can't give up my money. So I got to go do this. So I went and I did it. I was impressed that my wife, she knew I'd wanted to do it for a long time. And uh -huh. She was persuaded to do it. And it was probably more difficult for her because she saw me and the other guy go out first. So she oh. then had to so be she like, knew. I've got to do that now. <laughs> right, right. Now my turn. Fuck! But she did it. It was good. <laughs> and she enjoyed it. Would you ever do something like uh, bungee jumping? I don't I don't think so. Just because huh? it looks to me like it wrenches you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The fear of it failing <laughs> for some reason right, that right, strikes right. me as worse. But. You ever see those like a huge slingshot swing things? I know they got one at Michigan Adventure. Yeah, those, uh, those well, I would try. Okay, because they like they strap you in. They, you got the, the big harness and this crane fucking yanks you up a hundred feet in the air and then just kind of drops you. Most I haven't well I haven't done it in a long time. Most uh, historically, I'll do almost any roller coaster. Oh wow, okay. All right. The only thing I found, and I don't know if this is a age thing now. The last time we went to an amusement park, they had one of those rooms that spins around and it pins you against the wall as it Ye spins. Yes. And we did that, and I got so nauseous. Oh, uh, <laughs> right. When we got off the ride, I had to like sit down for half an hour, just like I can't move. That ride uh, disagreed did with you, me. Did you hurl? I did not. I don't. Did you hork? I did on that occasion, <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was right on the border where I, I could have. It wasn't a great feat. That I didn't. It was just pure luck. <laughs> uh, 
what do you hate most in this world? This podcast runs on hate, Jason. You know that. <laughs> I am. Pete Meyer, do you I, hate him the most? <laughs> no, but we can come back to Pete Meyer. <laughs> I don't know him well enough. That soulless him. ginger. <laughs> I used to be involved. I, I love music. I used to be actually be involved with some bands. All right. And I am, I probably hate or am intolerant of bad music or music that doesn't oh. appeal to me. Okay. In Are fact, you kind of a snob? I don't know if I'm a snob, but one of the things that I marvel at with you is that you can do those open mics. And I, I think my problem would be sitting through bad acts. Well, it, it ha- I can't lie, Jason. It has gotten to that. It's very difficult for me to go to an open mic and sit through shit. I just can't. A good portion of time, I'll leave the room and I'll be outside or whatever, just kind of waiting until it's my turn. <laughs> I almost tell a host, I'm like, just let me go first because then I can just leave or you know whatever. And I know it's like rude. Like I used to think it was rude, but now I fucking get it. I get it. Why you don't want to be there? Absolutely. That we were. That I was down with a band I was working in Nashville 15 years ago. And uh, we were doing showcases at this one venue. And so we went to the venue ahead of time to kind of scout it out. Sure. And they said when we were there that day, they said, oh, come, you know, come back tonight. Open mics. There's open mics going on so you can get a sense of the acoustics of the room and so forth. Which the band thought was important to do. Right. And we had tickets at the time to go see. Or I don't know if we had tickets, but we, we knew where Ryan Adams was playing. And we, mm. like, we were going to go see him. And we get there, and this band was from Germany. And these guys, we get to the open mic, and they, I said, yeah, we're sitting there for a while. And then I said, okay, it's we gotta go, right. we gotta go for going to the Ryan Adams show. And they said, oh, it's rude to leave. And we sat there for hours at this open right. mic. And at one point, I finally got fed up, and I said, fuck this. Yes. And I walked out, and I just sat in the parking lot rather than sit and listen to, because it was just one. Bad shit shows in Nashville next, yeah. trying to make their way, and uh, so <laughs> ever since then, I think that experience molded me to this, to where if I'm sitting in a music venue and the opener or something is bad, I I struggle with that mightily. Right. <laughs> I hear you, one hundred percent. I get it. I get it. I've even missed amusingly on that same trip. I missed a good artist because after that open mic experience, we then went to a concert. It was going to be a Will Hogue concert. Uh-huh. And I didn't know Will Hogue particularly at the time. I don't know him at all. There you go. <laughs> he was very good, but his opener was terrible. Mm. And I thought, these guys are going to sit all night again right. because right. they refuse to leave because they think it's rude. I just want, I'm out of here again. Right. <laughs> and, uh, then, lo and behold, I later discovered that Will Hogue's a musician I like a lot, but... Um, I missed the show because oh, yeah. <laughs> of my hatred for bad music. Fuck you guys! You, you give them the double barrel on your way out the door. Get off the stage, you fucks! It is funny to look back on because you think, I chose to just sit by myself in a park. Right. Rather than sit there. You're like, there. I am not going to deal with this bullshit anymore. So, uh, do you, what do you think is going to be your best contribution to the podcast? What do you bring to the table? What are you laying out? Jamie brings up uh, weird gibberish. That's what she brings. <laughs> uh, Graham brought up uh, he brought up his uh, vest of lead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All of his nursing contributions and uh, course. He brought a lot of course. 
Hopefully it's, uh, hopefully <laughs> I would hope, uh, yeah, my contributions are amusing or at least entertaining. Nice. <laughs> Argumentative. That's what I want, Jason. Be prepared to argue <laughs> it at a moment's notice. Uh, you talked about Pete Meyer. Well, actually, I brought him up. You said you want to go back to him. Uh, I did get some messages about Pete and that I was uh, maybe a little too hard on Pete as well. Apparently, I'm a, a little too hard on people <laughs> on this podcast. And uh, I don't really, again, I don't really give a shit. I don't care. Uh, uh, Pete Meyer, in this instance, uh, with the, the drag show thing, uh, he, he's fucking wrong. <laughs> I agree. And I um, stick to that opinion. And I messaged you that last night my wife and I went to... We oh, the Peanut Butter the, Falcon. We went and saw the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Um, and I said it was an act of defiance because one of the main stars of the movie is an individual who has Down syndrome. Yeah. And uh, fantastic movie. Great. He's agreed. Two thumbs up the butt. So. Nice. Two <laughs> thumbs up the butt. That's a good fucking movie. But my uh, bigger point in it is that I don't think you would get an objection to from Pete or anyone sharing his opinion to this actor being in the Peanut Butter Falcon. And I right. don't understand the difference between... His appearance in that movie and these people in the drag, the drag show. show. Well, it's because the objection is to the drag show. They just don't want exactly, a drag show. But period. just be candid about that. Yes, that's, yes. That's what irritates me. Because in this movie, in the first half hour of the movie, the main the individual with Down syndrome is in his underpants running around. And it's <laughs> there's a reason for it in right, the story. Right. And it's funny. But I don't think it's exploitative at right. all. I'm sure he was... I'm sure... By everything he did in the movie, I'm sure he's well enough um, intellectually that he made the decision of sure. his own. It, and the storyline, uh, I only saw the preview. It, it's kind of like he... The, the person with Down syndrome like runs away from home, Correct. He is in a retirement home because his family basically abandoned him. So he's, oh. he's a ward of the state and sure. he's living with all old people and he doesn't want to be there. So right. he runs away from that he runs retirement away. home. Okay. And then he has kind of a road trip. With, right. Because with, uh, I thought that it, it was sort of like a decision that he wanted to make for himself. Exactly. Gotcha. So, and that, so that's one of the things too of like... Just because you have Down syndrome doesn't mean that you're able to make a choice for yourself. And whether you agree with it or not... Like I don't, you know, I don't care if these guys want to do drag show or if they want to do uh, catwalk modeling or if they want to be fucking plumbers, right? Or if they want to join the fucking army, you'd be like, all right, you know, if that's what you want to do, fucking figure that shit out for yourselves. I might not want it. So yeah. you need, you, like any human being, as long as they're not hurting themselves or anyone else, fucking have at it. So it's just crazy to me when people want to get in the way like Pete Meyer did. Yes, and I think it's purely, like you said, it's purely a reaction where he is, he deemed, or got <laughs> blowback from people that, hey, this is morally objectionable to us, and fine, say it's morally objectionable, have it not there for that reason, but don't get out there and say, you don't think that people are making an informed decision or being taken advantage of. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. And then particularly like after I uh, I watched that video that they had on their uh, Facebook page where the person is clearly of sound mind and just talking about like this is what they want to do. They want to partake in doing drag shows. And I'm like, that, that's not a choice I would want to make for myself, but if you want to do it, have at it. So there you go. So. Yeah, and same with this movie. There's obviously from the gentleman's 
Happy, I can't think of his name right now. I have to think of Zach or something like right, that. Right, right. But clearly from the nuance of his acting and expressions and the depth of character he portrayed, he obviously is a person that's intellectually capable of deciding. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you wouldn't be that able to act that well without right. being knowledgeable about the situation you're in and why you're doing this sure. and making that choice to be in it. It's a movie uh, I think Jamie and I will probably go see tomorrow. It's, we do, it's, uh, it's fantastic. In fact, we both, as we left, I said, uh, my boy, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I get his name right. Yeah. But my boy, he is excellent. That, he did and, good, huh? And uh, if you, I know he's, I don't know, I don't remember the full details, but he's been in some weird stories in the news in yeah, recent yeah. years. Some craziness. But, yeah. yeah, some general craziness, but he is excellent in that movie. I do right. like him particularly well before that in uh, the Tank movie. I can't think of what his name was. Oh, Brad Pitt. Uh huh, yeah, I saw uh, it. John Bernthal. I thought he was really good in yep. that. Um, and he was fine in Disturbia. That's probably the only three with him I can think of offhand. But Holes when he was a kid. I didn't see Holes. So. <laughs> it, was, it was okay. I saw it years ago. So, uh, Are you uh, a sports guy at all, Jason? Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> I, I only I only bring it up because I wanted to talk about uh, Andrew Luck. I have never seen Andrew. I know who he is, but I've never seen okay. him play. And you you don't need to. Uh, you don't need to know a ton about the guy. He for those who aren't aware, he's a professional football player. He's still a very young man. He's only twenty nine, uh, but pretty much at the top of his game. He's probably like top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now, making a shit ton of money. And uh, he decided yesterday to call it quits. He hung up the cleats, Jason. Did you know that? Did you hear I that? I did, and I heard his reason for it. It made yeah. perfect sense to me, so I don't understand why everybody's shitting on him. All perfect sense. He's a young man who's had a lot of uh, health issues. He keeps getting injured, whether it's uh, knees or ribs, or uh, I think he's had a concussion and whatever. So he's only 29 years old. He's like, fuck this shit. Uh, I want to live my life the way I want to live it. And it's probably kind of the whole thing. If I continue playing football, it's going to fuck me up. Uh, I don't want to be kind of an invalid when I'm in my forties. Yeah. uh, Actually, when you get the, you know, the news played, some of the fans were booing him. Yes. Yes. They probably weren't well informed. So I don't know that I would hold that against them, but for anyone if they're an Indianapolis fan who's now upset, I don't think you have any reason to be upset because right. his whole motive, his whole reason for reaching the decision now is he got injured again. Right. And he basically his said, I promised myself the last time I wasn't going to go through right. the whole rehab. And I would think you would have more respect for the guy saying, I'm out now, than to just sit and collect a paycheck sitting on the sideline and right. have everybody banking on him coming back. Right. Um, and I think it's... Uh, I get having at once upon a time I was a very big sports guy. You know, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, so it was all like Bills and the Buffalo Sabers, and, and there you go. You you live and breathe it when you when you live in Buffalo. If if you're not living and breathing Bills and Sabers, go fuck yourself. Go go choke on a chicken wing and get the hell out of here. So, uh, but having moved away, I've I've removed myself from it, and uh, I'm kind of disconnected to a lot of it. And uh, but I get how Indianapolis fans would be pissed because they're Super Bowl contenders this year. He's clearly like a linchpin of the team. Of like, he's the quarterback. He's the leader. He's the guy. And so when people hear like that, he's done. They're like, ah, oh, fuck. We got uh, this fuck face behind you, quarterback, and we're fucked. 
We're never going to fucking win the Super Bowl again, you cocksucker. I'll weigh in with my controversial first controversial. Uh-oh, thing. nail it! Because I heard someone commenting that the people who were most upset were people who had just drafted him in their fantasy Oh, fantasy. Only. Well, fuck them. I, I was just going to say, get the fuck over yourself with that stupid draft fantasy football. King people can eat shit and die. It's dumb to me, right? It's stupid. I get annoyed when I'm watching an NFL game and I see the stat lines running just to feed the... Yes. The NFL. I think that's... I know a lot of people say that it's uh, generated a lot of revenue for the NFL on sports because now people are paying more attention. But at the same time, it's like people are paying attention for the wrong fucking reasons. They're looking at like, okay, how am I doing in my fantasy football league, right? Like, this is a quarterback who I don't particularly fucking like, but he's my quarterback or whatever. You know, like Joe Flacco for the Denver Broncos. Fuck Flacco, fuck the Broncos. But he's my quarterback. Wait, Joe Flacco for the Broncos? Is he? Yeah, he's on the Broncos this oh, year. Oh, shit. I yeah. see how far off I am. Yeah. Last time he was a Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, he was, <laughs> but they got rid of him. That uh, the guy they drafted from uh, Louisville is now the, their starter. So they were like, eh, fuck you, Flacco. And then because uh, Denver the last year or two has just kind of ate shit with the quarterback, they're like, all right, we'll bring in this probably has-been and see what he can do. So See, my dad was a University of Michigan graduate, so I sure. grew up... A lot of University of Michigan sports. Or yeah. The Michigan football games. <laughs> and here I'm waiting with another controversial. Uh-oh. This guy's <laughs> laying it down on the line right <laughs> off the bat. He's not fucking around. When Tom Brady went, first went into the NFL, uh-huh. I was <laughs> extremely zealous and rooting for him. Sure. But over time, he has worn out his welcome with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Between the weird kissing with a kid, uh, the crying letter... Sure. Video about his wife retiring. Ugh, the guy uh, is weird. <laughs> he is, uh, there's, I almost feel like to be at the top of your game, you have to be fucking weird. You have to be incredibly regimented, incredibly focused. You have the blinders on. This is all I'm paying attention to. So, yeah, weirdos, fucking weirdos, <laughs> all of them. So, there. <laughs> we are, uh, we are like an hour in. I don't know if you can tell that or not. Uh, no. days. We are an hour in. So, uh, I know I talked to you about topics. If you want to bring up any topics, I got more stuff, but I want you to talk about something that you want to talk about. Oh, you got more. Keep going. No, no, let's just, do it. Get oh, at it. Right. Let's get at I'll it. Because I do it to Jamie all the time. I'm like, you got something? And she's like, well, I'm like, just let's fucking do it. <laughs> I got a choice of two for you. I like the fact that you're old school and that you printed shit out. <laughs> well, I, I, sometimes hear, I get bothered sometimes when I hear any show where the host gets tripped up because their video. Oh, phone. right. Yeah, wait, like me. Like me on this podcast where my computer's old as shit and things freeze up or whatever. Yes. So you got a choice here. Okay. A what man, do you get? You've got a man in Florida. All right. I always love those. Uh, who has something weird happen on a date uh-huh. with another Ooh. man. Uh-huh. Oh, what? <laughs> All right. I'm liking that. Or my second story, a guy describes his suffering with misophonia. I don't know wife. what that is. So, yeah, you got your choice. I'm going uh, Florida man because you All can't right. go wrong with the Florida man. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. So, a man allegedly castrated his willing date. Come on. What? Willing? <laughs> then kept... Has severed balls 
in a jar next to his bedside. All right, did you get this from like World Weekly News? Like this sounds totally fabricated. <laughs> Let me double check Where my did you source get this? on it. Check it, your sources it, here. It was a regular story. Cite your source. Because sometimes I feel like I get tricked. Like I look at this and like this is too ridiculous. Well, and I'm like, oh, the website's shit. There was a story to, uh-huh. to take a side diversion. You're right. There was a story I rejected. Good. I actually printed it off. It was a Trump story. I, uh, I, thought, ah. I don't generally like talking politics. Same here. I, I mean, at least I Unless I'm shitting on Pete Meyer. <laughs> but I, was, I, I toyed with the story just for the absurdity of it because it was that Trump thinks you can stop a hurricane by dropping a nuclear bomb. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fucking... How is our president this retarded? <laughs> and huh? I even, on that one, I went to the source because it was Axios. I thought, well, that's... Right. Legitimate, right? Because at first I thought this story is this it, is too insane yeah, to be true. National Enquirer <laughs> shit or something, exactly. dumb. right? Something. Like what? Like I like I I'm just curious as to like what does he think happens after you explode the bomb? Like what happens to like all the radiation and whatever? That that was one of the immediate points in the article. I thought, what if somebody's out there in their boat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the f- I don't. Yeah, I thought I've gotten a hurricane. Now I've gotten a nuclear no. bomb blast. Oh shit! Worst day ever. <laughs> this is my worst day ever. So this was a Metro UK story. So, oh okay, um, all right, all right. So this I, happened. I think in, it was uh, legitimate. But... This happened in London. No, this was the Florida. Story. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Florida man. Yes. So here's the first oddity of it. Beyond the balls and the okay, balls yes. Beyond the balls. <laughs> the. The gentleman in the story, Gary Van Ryswick, okay. seventy-four. Oh boy, he meets his, his the other man in the story. How old is the other man? They didn't say. Okay, but he meets him on a website called Unic.com. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> it's a website for people with a fetish for castration. My first marvel is God, how this, does this exist? This cannot be real. I'm 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 going. This is false. But continue. So. There is a there's a great trivia question at the end of this. Oh sweet! I'm a trivia <laughs> As I guy. turn to my page two. So, <laughs> so when the police were called out, yeah, this gentleman had a room set up like a surgical center <sighs> with medical equipment and painkillers. There was also a camera set up to record the procedure. The police said Van Ricewick told the victim that he had experience on animals. And had even removed one of his own testicles in 2012. Wow, this guy's dedicated. <laughs> so, was this Lance Armstrong? <laughs> so, now what? Here's my trivia question. Okay, all right. When he's arrested, what would he be charged for? Oh, it's probably something like a legal medical uh, facility or something. It'd be something weird. You're spot on. Yeah! <laughs> I chatted on my wife and she was like, assault? And I was like, no. Well, you, knew, you knew it couldn't be something like that. You knew it had to be like really weird. So, <laughs> yes. so am I asking the question? It was, he was charged with practicing medicine without a license. Yes. Resulting in bodily injury, a second degree felony. So did the man who had his ball chopped off or whatever, did he press charges? or Like, like how did this all come to the attention of the police? Does it say? It said a man called 911, but it doesn't specify which of the two. But it says when deputies came, they found the victim on a bed with a towel over his groin. Crying. Which was bleeding out. Where's my balls? This was a horrible decision. Now, in one of the obvious puns, they did say 
that the deputy who responded to the call described the case as kind of nuts. Oh, <laughs> come on! I would expect more from British journalism <laughs> than fucking hacky puns. <laughs> so that was my news of the odd. I like that. Oh, okay. So is that, that going to be your segment? You're going to be news of the odd? We can um, do that. Well, I'm yeah, maybe, because I'm drawn to the stories of the strangeness that's outlandish. Um, as long as there's something humorous. <laughs> I'll have to come up with a theme song for uh, News of the Odd. <laughs> My wife had proposed, which I, we then heard Zane tell the story. She had proposed the story of the brown recluse spider in somebody's Oh, in the ear. person's ear? Yes. But I, as soon as she said it to me, I said, I, I don't like the thought of a brown <laughs> spider in my ear, so I'm not going to do this. Right. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you. The whole thing of uh, creepy crawly things crawling into your ear is just like, ugh, God. Gross. It's gross. <laughs> so, yeah, what did we call it? Stories of the Weird? Yes. <laughs> so Odd stories. Stories of the where Weird. where you can park on the people and go either marvel or just make fun of is something that appeals to me. All right. <laughs> All right. What is this here? Uh, no, I don't want to do that one. That's too fucking long. Uh, all right. Let's, I'm going to end on this because we've talked a lot about comedy. Uh, you're a big fan of comedy. I did comedy way too long. Uh, I'm trying to quit. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Dave Chappelle? Um, I'm different. <laughs> oh, really? You're different? You're kind of like whatever? Uh, we've watched several of his Netflix specials. Yeah. They're funny enough, but they're huh? not... Uh, I always like when it's something that I'm going to return to time and again. Oh, all right. Just so. never have done that with Dave? No. All right. For whatever reason. <laughs> uh, I, I, I personally, I like Dave a lot. Whenever he's come to town, I've gone to see him. I, I do enjoy Dave a ton. He's one of the few dudes that I will probably, uh, will go out on my way to see. Him and Bill Burr are the two. Okay. I'll We've go, I'll go on my way. Um, yeah, I don't have any objection to him, and I sure. like him well enough. He's just not probably one of my favorites, just because I don't. If it's a favorite of mine, I like to get it and hear it time and again until I can almost do the review. Do, do, what you, do it yourself. Well, Dave uh, dropped a new special. He's got a new Netflix special. I think it maybe dropped last night at midnight. Uh, it's called Sticks and Stones. Uh, I'm going to read you this article from Vice.com, everybody. Uh, fans quickly realize that if you watch until the very end, the special has a secret epilogue called The Punchline. So it's kind of like the Easter egg at the end of all the Marvel movies. You got to wait to the end. Got to sit through the credits, where Chappelle answers questions from audience members who went to a separate Dave Chappelle on Broadway stand-up show last July. The special takes the comic's anti-wokeness shtick to a new level, and the whole thing is repetitive and exhausting enough that it's a slog to even make it to the Q and A. So clearly, the person who wrote this is not a fan of Chappelle. <laughs> Chappelle's controversial 2017 Netflix specials like The Age of Spin, Dave Chappelle Live at Hollywood Paladum, and Equanimity and The Bird Revelation honed his voice as a comedian wary of progressive criticism. I didn't know he was controversial. He is. He, uh, he talked a lot about transsexuals and things like that. He, he The language that he uses... I wouldn't quite say it was like Dice-esque. You know how Dice was like, fag this and homo and whatever. like, Or even, you know, Eddie Murphy and his stuff. It, it, it's pretty uh, non, non-PC, non for sure. I'll say that. But I don't see, me as a comedian, I don't see it in a way where it's harmful. Where I, I feel a lot of uh, PC people 
are not able to look outside of their small little box. Anything outside of the box is bad and evil and you're going to hell and you're against me and whatever. And sometimes things are just meant as jokes. We all have to poke fun at each other, right? Uh, so that voice is even sharper in his latest special. At one point in his routine, he says he doesn't believe Michael Jackson molested young children. He continues by saying that if Jackson did, the children should have felt lucky their first time was with the King of Pop. Adding, do you know how good it must have felt to go to school the next day after that shit? And I'll say, that's kind of a hacky joke. I mean, I'll say it. Like, I've heard guys talk about, like, oh, I'd take $6 million to have Michael Jackson fuck me up the butt. You know, whatever, because apparently well, he paid he all these comedians. unique perspective on it. Sure, yeah, right. Because everyone goes to the money thing. Yes, he did have his, a, a different spin. And that's why I'll tell people, like, you can talk about the most hackiest of subject matters. Like, you, like airline food. I always bring it back to that. As long as you have a neat perspective on airline food, fucking talk about it, right? So, whatever your perspective. <laughs> Sir Pell also returned to his now infamous obsession with making fun of trans people, saying, trans people hate my fucking guts and I don't blame them. I can't stop writing jokes about these niggas. That was with an A, everybody. That was... Dave, I'm, <laughs> and that was quotes. I'm right. It's quotes. You can't see these quotes that I'm doing, these air quotes. This time, these jokes included asking the audience how funny it would be if he actually... If he was actually a Chinese person stuck inside a black man's body, which, you guessed it, also included a racist impression of a Chinese person. He also found time to defend fellow controversial comedians Kevin Hart and Louis C.K., painting them as victims of overzealous call-out culture. What was the thing on Kevin Hart? That he he had an extramarital affair? Was that it? I've never... Never paid attention to Kevin Hart. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Kevin Hart either. I've never actually seen his stand-up comedy, but he always looks bad in movies. So I think yeah, based on that, I've never checked him out. He's very physical. By the time the Q and A plays at the end of the special, Chappelle has already shown his unapologetic approach to courting controversy. He his answers put that into even starker view. He says that a white woman left one of his practice sets for the special at the Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco. Telling him, I'm sorry, I was raped. Uh, Chappelle says he replied saying, it's not your fault you were raped, but it's not my fault either. Ta-ta, bitch. You can just see him saying that. Ta-ta, bitch. And uh, it is one of these things, uh, Jason. I'll say, like, uh, if you have trigger words, trigger scenarios, trigger situations... You need to learn how to avoid them and or how to deal with them when they come up. When I was working in a psych hospital, we would have a lot of groups and we would ha we would talk about what are your coping skills? And because we, we said, no one gives a fuck about you. No one gives a fuck. Out in the world, no one gives a shit about you. We're just trying to lead our own lives. And I don't think anyone is specifically trying to trigger you so it then becomes like, how do I avoid things? Like we always talk like, okay, if you're an alcoholic, maybe you don't go to places that sell booze. Maybe you don't hang around your buddies that were your drinking buddies. Sure. Uh, maybe you avoid eating hamburgers because when you eat a hamburger, you always need to have a beer with it. So it's just simple things like that. So like if you have a situation where this is a trigger word that's going to get me upset or whatever... You know, particularly, like, I hate to say it, if it's rape, 
Sometimes comics fucking talk about weird shit. Dave Chappelle talks about weird shit. You have to be prepared for Dave Chappelle to talk about weird shit. And if you're not able to handle that weird shit, don't fucking go. It's not Dave Chappelle's fault that uh, something awful happened to you, right? Yeah, so although it almost goes back to the earlier, we were talking about someone saying, you suck to a comic afterwards. If a comic did a bit that offended me, right? they'd never know. I'd, yeah. I wouldn't, I, would not, I wouldn't get up and walk. I can't imagine getting up and walk out of the show. Right. But after we left, I'd probably say to my wife in the car on the way home, that sucked. I'm not going to see him again. Yeah. But for the most part, I... And I get that people can have life experiences that for them are more traumatic, that someone poking fun of that can be offensive to them, but I I can't imagine reacting to the point where you make yourself and that issue the center of attention. I just, yeah. I just wouldn't go see the guy again if he offended me. One of, one of the greatest moments uh, of my comedic life was at Dr. Grin's and the comedian on stage, his name was Pat Dixon. I love Pat a whole lot. He Pat is very uh, dirty and he can be relatively misogynistic as well. Uh, but he does it in, in a funny way. If you're paying attention, be like, all right, I get it. Uh, but apparently it was too much for this one person, this lady. So she gets up and she's like leaving and she's leaving out the exit. And at Dr. Grins, for those who don't know, the doors that we have are all kind of like saloon doors. They all You just kind of push yeah. them and they all kind of swing back and forth. And so what this woman did is uh, she kicked the door to like exit. and But before she left, she just turns to yell towards the stage oh, where God. Pat was. And she goes, you suck. <laughs> and then she forgot that the door kicked. And uh, things swing back. And it clocked her right in the face. It was so fucking beautiful. It was instant karma is exactly what it was. Like, she yells, you suck. And then the door hits her in the face. And uh, so she's all kind of, like, out of it. And she stumbles out. And then Pat's just, like, on stage going, what the fuck was that? Because there really, like, there was no problem with her. Like, she just, she got up and left. And that's all she should have done. She should have got up and left. And there you go. She didn't need to yell, you suck, because no one knew who she was. No one gave a fuck who she was or anything like and that. she was purely offended by a bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was offended because she, when she eventually did get out to kind of like the uh, serving area, the, she was talking to the manager about how misogynistic Pat was and his jokes were offensive and she's never going to come back or whatever, all that kind of bullshit. And it's so funny because like two minutes later, her husband came slinking behind her. I'm like, ah, fuck, I gotta go. <laughs> and uh, I, I heard... Still, I had to stay behind to finish my drink. <laughs> kind of. And the, the, the funny thing is, is like, I heard him say, I thought it was funny. So, <laughs> to me, it's, you know, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. And Dr. for the people who don't know, Dr. Grins is like in this entertainment complex where the woman could have left and she could have walked downstairs and hung out at the bar for the, ex the last half hour or whatever, right? Like, she just didn't have to make the scene kind of like this woman here of like i need to leave i was raped or whatever this or that dave wasn't cracking jokes because he knew you were there and you got raped exactly he's just telling exactly. the fucking story <laughs> just telling the fucking story i get more offended i'm more offended when they're not funny <laughs> so Chappelle has always been a daredevil comedian willing to take a controversial stance or downplay a serious controversy for laughs 
including his early 2000 skits about R. Kelly's court trials on The Chappelle Show. But now he chooses to blatantly ignore the historic criticism against his style of comedy and new loud and clear criticism from the trans community. His approach comes off like a defiant rejection of change at any cost as he keeps going down this path, drawing attention to the worst aspects of his important career. The biggest cost, Jason, will be tarnishing his own legacy. I doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) He's extraordinarily Uh, popular. I'm sure he will remain extraordinarily popular. This was an article written by Taylor Hosking. So if anyone has problems with that, uh, go find Taylor Hosking. And I'm a, I would bet, do you think Taylor is a woman or a man? I'm guessing woman. I would bet a woman <laughs> as well, too. I don't know if a man would really bitch a whole lot about this shit. So uh, I haven't seen Dave's newest uh, special. I, I am going to go watch it, uh, despite what this person has to say. So. Yeah, I'll watch it, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to go check it out. So, so that's the podcast, Jason. We oh, got through I- it. I have one more. What? For you. <laughs> All right, let's do this. What's your thoughts on streaming services? This is this will tie into a news item for people. All right. But do you ever feel overwhelmed by how many different streaming? Yes. Things? Yes, I do. And people say, "Hey, you ought to watch such and such show," and it's on whatever streaming service you don't get. So, you're right. like, oh shit, I'm not getting that just to check this show out. Right. YouTube is one I recommended to you recently because there's a terrific show on there called yes. Wayne. Jamie's here. Just made it in for the finale. We're yeah, we're just we're wrapping the shit up. <laughs> Dang it! Jamie tried to miss the podcast. <laughs> she thought she was late enough to not. I, have to I, I thought it was Taco Bell. I should have. I thought it was gonna be no chick podcast. <laughs> yeah, well it is. <laughs> so Jason was uh, he was bringing Hi, up Jason. Uh, Jason, Jamie, Jamie, Jason. Uh, he was talking about streaming. Uh, platforms like Netflix and Hulu oh, and yeah. everything else, and like if we feel like we're getting overwhelmed. Oh, just by the choice and how you have to be on different services yes. to see different shows. Oh, right. okay, yeah. It's frustrating that they all just don't offer everything. <laughs> well, that's part of the announcement. Right. I had recommended oh. to you this show called Wayne. That's on YouTube Originals. Right. But you have to be a YouTube Premium subscriber to see it. Mm. Good news, as of September 24th, I believe it is, don't hold me to that exact right. date, YouTube will begin showing their shows to everyone. Just what? if you're not a subscriber, you'll get ads. Oh, okay. All Which right. I thought was, one, it's good because for everybody out there, Wayne is such a ter- terrific show. Sure. Gonzo violent, hilarious. Great. Got a lot of heart in the show. Um, but yeah, for people, because... I think people the YouTube you think what am I going to watch on YouTube right. Right, right, right right. so people to go check out that show where they have to subscribe to YouTube I think would be reluctant to do so but now you'll be able to see it with that the only one that I heard previously on YouTube was uh, the Cobra Kai from Karate Kid that was yep. the only one and I everyone says it was great but I'm always hesitant about ah oh, fuck now I gotta buy another one because I mean we have Hulu we got Netflix and we got Amazon Prime and I'm I can't lie I'm interested in the Disney Channel because it's gonna have like all the the Marvel right. comics and it's gonna have the Star Wars shit and I'm like fuck I gotta Mulan. get another one fuck Mulan I That's don't care we yeah to, I was caught totally off guard the other day recently where we were like like watching the show called First Time Flippers all right Goofy 
Is that a it's house a reality show, show where it just follows people the first time trying to flip a house? So it's right, fun right. just to make fun of the people. Sure. Yes, it must be awful. <laughs> but like we went to them. we went to watch it, and it's like the DIY network, and you have to subscribe uh, to the DIY network to get yeah. their shows. So there's just a plethora of those. Yeah. Someone someone recommended I watch a show called Yellowstone, which uh, is on the Paramount Network. Yes. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, it did say it was on Amazon, and it is on Amazon, but you have to buy it on Amazon. Like, yeah. I can't just stream it. Like, each show is like $2.99 or something, or you can buy the whole series for 25 bucks or something. I mean, all the episodes are like 90 minutes long, so it's like a movie, I guess. Right. But I'm like, fuck, I don't want another fucking thing. I don't want another <laughs> right. thing. You Sorry. Get it, you subscribe to it just for the one thing. Right. And then, then it's done. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever. There might be something else. So YouTube, Wayne, and uh, you won't have to pay for it. Nice. As gonna, of late September. You're going to have to remind me again because I will forget. <laughs> I it's will just, remind you because it is the good, one of the greatest shows. It's too much. Time. It's too fucking overload. It's just too... Go- I feel like... I almost feel like we're all becoming just consumers, monster consumers of everything because everyone's like, have you seen the show? I don't have fucking time to see the show. The, the great flaw I run into too is when you binge watch things, which I'm sure... Yes. Oh, never. Down, we don't know you what are, you're talking you're about. to me, you watch The Boys recently, you probably watched yes. it in one week or one yes. more weekend or something. Yep. What I always struggle with, by the time the next season comes out, Right. You forget? Yeah. Right. And yes. they started, they, you know, a lot of those shows take up where they left off and expect you to remember. I'm like, I right. don't remember this character. Right. So <laughs> right. then you got to go back and rewatch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, I have to do. Stranger Things was like that. Right. Especially when there's, sometimes there's such this long length of time, too. That lull, right? Like, not a normal season. Right. It's like two years or something. <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're done. We're done. That's the podcast, everybody. Thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, please go like the fan page on uh, Facebook and Twitter, the Elemental Podcast. And uh, we do have the Patreon, everybody, uh, which is that extra so, hour on weekends, uh, unless Stu fucks it up and goes yeah, too long. And then I. I don't know if I'll do two or not. Uh, you, know that worked out. you know that worked out for you, though, because you. More. said an apology right yes. and Jamie said uh-huh. no one's gonna hear your apology right. because it's on Patreon yeah a lot, of people, a lot of people are like that was the greatest apology ever and I love how Jamie called him out on his apology <laughs> fuck um so it's just five bucks a month and uh you get that extra special bonus hour on weekends unless I'm an idiot and I just consider a part of that as payment uh, for the freebie as well, too. So you're getting uh, you know, a decent, uh, fair amount of uh, content. I guess I don't fucking know. A little bit, maybe. I don't fucking know. And there's also the Six Member Mafia on Facebook as well, too, with two X's. And uh, that's it, right? Uh, sure. I just want to point out, obviously, Wean Dog and you didn't. Work so no, well. no, I, they, didn't meet, uh, I didn't meet Wee Dogs. So. I, uh, I, am, oh, I immediately, okay. well, he came to the door and they were going both Crazy. berserk. Okay. So then I immediately yeah. was like, cats like yeah. Oh, yeah, well, he's only <laughs> seen Cow and uh, Honks. So, okay. I mean, yep. the other is kind of high. Larry, you'll probably never see Bad Larry. 
and uh, Mocha's pretty shy as well. I so. would have been stunned if I walked in here and you, like lean dogs on your lap and uh, no. she just doesn't do that. Nope. Super <laughs> nice dog. I had, a, I had the goal in mind to win lean dog over, but I didn't get the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> another, another time. Another, another time. time. So that's it. We'll see you guys for the freebie on Thursday. Uh, that's it. Thanks. Okay, bye. All right. We're yeah, done. We're done. Yeah.